0: Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters.
1: And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T Travers on the Twitters.
0: And welcome to a beautiful Monday morning, beautiful Monday day rather. And we live we're in we're upon we live in a world where there is new X files to discuss. And discuss Woo! openly and freely. We we can finally do this now, because you wonderful people out there in the world have gotten to see the season premiere as of la- as of sunday night and then as of tonight the second episode entitled founders mutation written and directed by james Moore, uh, james wong
1: james wong james wong hidden out of the pack
0: hidden out of the pack ben is very happy ben is so I happy he went boston
1: i did yes that's you can tell when i'm very excited about something if i go to my boston accent so that might happen more later
0: yeah indeed but I mean, it kind of having the thing about the X-Files so far is that we've got one episode written and directed by Chris Carter and reviews are mixed. Uh, <laughs> <if> you,
1: <laughs> Kindly put.
0: I never thought I, I don't give a lot of C plus grades, uh, but this time I did. And I, I feel weird about it, Ben. I don't feel comfortable with it in my soul.
1: Was that the same grade I gave it at Comic-Con?
0: Yeah, it means I agree with nice. you, and I hate that.
1: Yeah, it's the worst. Ugh. Nobody wants to agree with me, ever.
0: That's certainly when it comes to most television reviews. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: it took, them, it took everybody a year, but they finally caught up to me with the leftovers, so <laughs> I think everyone should just start falling in line a little bit sooner.
0: Oh, the poor American crime.
1: No, they need to fall in line, Liz. And then we can all agree that we don't need to eat our TV vegetables in, like, such a gluttonous capacity.
0: True, okay. Fair enough. But the point is that we agreed on this one, uh, and we've now watched the second episode. We're, we're not going to spoil for you at all. We're not even really going to try to spoil too much about the first episode. You've, if you've heard that The X-Files is coming back, you've also probably heard that the first episode was not great by critical standards. Though I did see some weird, like, weird like audience reaction last night To like no it was great shut up um yeah
1: yeah all the feedback i got online was it was rather polite disagreement but they seemed to enjoy it like a lot of the people i talked to which i that reminds me i did text my parents but i didn't hear anything back from them and they were a pretty key member of the audience that i wanted to know what they thought
0: all right. We'll update. We'll update the. We'll update accordingly with uh, with Ben's parents' thoughts in a future episode of this of this podcast.
1: I'm pinging her now. I'll see if uh, see if I can get a response before, before we're done. That's but did awesome. your did your parents watch it, Liz? Did they catch up on it?
0: Um, I actually yes. My parents have seen the first episode. I don't know. Uh, you know. I don't know when they'll get around to seeing the second. I think they were pretty blasé about it, but I think they also have. They've been my parents for as long as I've been an X Files fan. They were. Right. X- they've been X Files fans technically longer than me, though. So technically, technically, yeah, technically they have a, a, a more vested interest. But I don't mm-hmm. think they ever loved the show with the intensity I did in, in, in high school. So I think they're they're much more mellow about. It. They're just like, oh yeah, that show. I watched that show back in the day. It was good. Now it's back. <laughs> That's fine.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right, but I mean, that's I mean a, that
0: sounds like a nice place to come at a TV show from. It's like, oh, good. that was good. more of it. That's great. Like, like that, yeah. sounds, that sounds like a really fun attitude to be able to have about television.
1: Yeah, I'm very envious of that kind of uh, that kind of calm temperate demeanor when it, in terms of in terms of being excited. But then you lose that kind of giddy feeling that you have when you see Mulder and Scully pop up on the screen. Um, which is kind of what we wanted to talk about in general today, not just, you know, geeking out over over the X-Files or anything, which will definitely happen, but kind of in terms of of how and why people react the way they do and, like, more to that point, the people who are creating the X-Files and and writing these episodes and how, you know, different these episodes can be from one another and then kind of getting an idea of of how that's supposed to work out.
0: Well, I think, honestly... For the best, for all of us. I think honestly, what what what's really what's really interesting about kind of the one one approach you brought brought into us talking about this is how the first thing I thought about the th- the first thing I thought to myself uh, when I saw the the season premiere for the first time was of all the things in the world, Han Solo saying Chewie, we're home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think did I think you tweeted that maybe or I, I've tweeted I something like to that effect. It. Yeah.
0: Uh, because it, it it is a moment that really captures how it feels,
1: right? And Which I found out today, Daniel Radcliffe was on the set for that. Thanks to our uh, managing editor's boyfriend, right? Boyfriend, did you yeah. see that on Twitter? Yeah. yeah, I
0: saw that. I think I retweeted that. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Yeah, jerk.
1: <laughs> what a jerk going on set and watching historic moments. What a jerk.
0: Yes, but it it, it kind of. But anyways, the irony of this, of course, is that it plays into. Are, my, you know, the relationship we have as fans with the of the X Files versus the relationship we have with fans as fans of Star Wars vis a vis their respective creators is a complex one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, one of the things that you know, obviously, Star Wars fans have have been able to sit with for a long time is the idea of George Lucas and how involved he needs to be in creating Star Wars. I mean, and obviously, when when the first three came out. He kind of took a step back after that first one and and let some other people, you know, helmet, write it, get involved with it without giving up too much of the power himself. And then he took it all back for the prequels, and now he's kind of taken a step back again. And what's interesting, especially, you know, in talking to you, Liz, about The X-Files, is that so much of it is dependent on who's writing the episodes and who's directing the episodes. And we're often living in fear of the creator doing that, of Chris Carter taking over Because usually that seems to be an indicator that the quality, the overall quality, is going to be a little bit less.
0: I mean, the thing about Chris Carter, and I say this as someone who very much loves a creation of his, is that as an actual writer-director, he he has a really spotty track record. Uh, There are... There are some really standout episodes in from, from from the original series that bear his name that are really are really great, weird, well directed, but kind of beautiful in their way. Sort of episodes and so. But the la- but the second movie which he which was co written. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm a terrible human being. He he either he either co wrote it with Glenn Morgan or he co wrote it with Frank Spotnitz. I think it was Frank Spotnitz but he directed that he directed that film and you know there's a lot of stuff you can point to in terms of why that film did not do well uh, actually i've i have him on the record saying oh yeah we should we just shouldn't have come out during the summer we shouldn't have tried to beat a, beat all the summer blockbusters um, but you know he also also the movie could have been better
1: yeah and it, and for the record it was frank spotnitz who he co-wrote it with
0: thank you um,
1: but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's led to this question, which is so beautifully uh, depicted by these first two episodes. In that the first episode is so very much what Chris Carter has come to be. Like it's not the weird, uh, crazy stuff that that happened in the early episodes that you know he was once good at. It's very much the conspiracy based, uh, long speeches, long B roll sections, kind of convoluted dialogue like really just not great stuff that's in that first episode which a lot of critics responded to negatively and then you get to the second episode which is more of a a a case of the week more of more focused on you know a very specific x file in and of itself um and it works a lot better and it flows a lot better and there's there's things that are integrated into it um that that help with that Larger arc of the story that that really dig deep into some of the background of, of Mulder and Scully, which is you know what everybody wants to see, especially in only a six episode new season. Um, but it seems to work a lot better, and that you know brings up the question: It's like, is Chris Carter the George Lucas of television? Like, does he need to settle back? Into a more like Godfather kind of role, like a, a like a supervising producer or something of the X Files, and let you know these other people take it over so it can be better, like just just better. Maybe not exactly what he envisioned it to end like or, or envisioned it to be like in 2016, but just a better show overall.
0: Yeah, I mean, talking a little bit about about uh, George Lucas's history as a director and and producer, the thing about him that. I have I I have actually spent months of my life studying the works of George Lucas. Uh, There was a class in at college that I took, um, so I know a lot about him. Not as well as I used to, but I I learned a fair amount. And one of the things that kind of stood out about his stands out about his work is that he for his his earlier like student short films were like these weird, these like weird artsy. Weird artsy, like, he, he literally once filmed a movie that's nothing but pictures of a car set to the music of Herbie Hancock. It's a VW bug. The movie's called Herbie, I believe. I, I'm i not necessarily making any of this up. Uh, <laughs> but I but the thing was, like, he only, he, he only kind of got pushed into, like, directing things with real humanity to them, uh, you know, slowly and kind of reluctantly. And then, you know, t- hearing tales about his work, his, his, his time on the set of star Wars and new hope, it kind of sounded like he didn't love directing. Like he felt, and that's part of why he ended up not writing or directing either of the other two films and just takes uh, a story credit. Why he came back to the, the prequels and wrote and I uh, wrote or co-wrote all of them and directed all of them, even especially as the franchise went on and people were increasingly angry about how they were going. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's like the thing about the thing about George Lucas is that he doesn't seem it doesn't seem like he necessarily loved directing. With Chris Carter, it, it feels like he does love at least directing the X-Files. I just don't know if he if if there's a lot to I don't know what his motivation is in coming back aside from hey, Fox was willing to do it and he really loves his franchise.
1: Yeah, and what's what's interesting to me about it and it really kind of became clear it was it was very well put in that beautiful essay that you wrote about kind of your personal connection to the X-Files and and when it was coming back um was that the X-Files really does represent how you can like how you can watch television and how people watch television in today's day and age and like kind of the way it developed because you mentioned in that piece about how this was the show where you learned to look for who was writing it and not just who the creator was um, because that would give you an indication of what was to come and, and kind of not necessarily the overall quality, but kind of the story in general. Um, and, and I, I feel like that's very much a key factor in the X files and the importance of the X files. Like we've talked you know endlessly about all of the great writers who, who had a voice in the X files writers room and then went off to do their own thing. And it was magnificent. Like the, it's a, it's a breeding ground for talent. Um, and to me, it's like, the X-Files on Fox, as it exists today, is almost living in the past a little bit because, I, again, like like you said, I don't know why Chris Carter's coming back. I don't know his motivations exactly. But I imagine that Fox wanted him back because, instinctually, you want to say you have the creator coming back to the show. Because if you don't, it's going to seem like something's wrong. It's going to seem like, like people are going to go into a panic. They're like, oh, well, the creator didn't come back. This isn't going to be the same show. I'm going to go into this with a more pessimistic attitude or it it, you're able to discount it from what's come before, like separate those two things. Um, but at the same time, because the X files kind of proved what people are capable of when, you know, you let the talent speak for itself, it it would be nice to see more of that. And especially with a six episode, you know, season, we don't know if there's going to be more than this, uh, you know, coming down the pipeline. They've all said they'd like to come back, but who knows what will happen or how that'll happen. Um, you know when you watch an episode like Monday Night's episode when you watch the second episode of the season at least for me it just reminds me of how how much i love the x-files when it's done well and i want to see the best people doing it and i want to see the best writers writing it because everyone i feel has who's been exposed to the x-files has a story in mind that they could tell and if chris carter was there to guide them and make sure that you know, the conspiracies lined up or, or, or that the the overall arc was being played into, I feel like that collaborative effort would benefit the show tremendously as it has in the past.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing to really, it's really worth pointing out that Chris Carter has always been very explicitly clear about how lucky and privileged he felt to be working in that writer's room and to be working with those writers. Like he's extremely proud of the fact that they've all gone on to do great things at, you know varying levels of great things depending on your feelings on tyrant but you know <laughs> that's a weird that's a weird tyrant slam that you know i don't even watch that show it does not i've disturb. seen it
1: deserves the slam oh, justified
0: okay point is <laughs> point is you know that's that was a writer's room that you know that did he's aware of how great that writer's room was the thing that i find really interesting and something we, we've asked him directly about at this point is is why not bring in other writers, like why not pr- find the next generation of great X Files writers? Which I feel like is something I would love to see. If if they did bring it back, that's the thing I would. That's the thing that would excite me. That and more Mulder and Scully on screen, of course. But that's if if they were willing to take a chance on a new generation of writers, I think that'd be that'd be the reason to do a season eleven.
1: Yeah, and I'm. And and first of all, I, I'm not trying to slight Chris Carter at all. It's just yeah. it seems like his his expertise in, in directing and writing has changed over the years or it doesn't quite fit with the model of television that exists today. So it would be exciting to see those stronger voices out there. And then in terms of what you're saying of, of bringing in new talent, of bringing in Maybe not the most you know familiar names or tried and true people or whatever. Um, it would be great if if you know somebody who's who's written that hot Sundance script or or that script from the Blacklist or something that that proves, you know, okay, they're capable of doing something. they fit that mold just like they're doing with the Star Wars films. It's like you know bringing in Ryan Johnson is a huge thing. like that's that's a great get for Star Wars. I want to see that version of Star Wars. I don't know if the X-Files could get a Ryan Johnson at this point, but they could get somebody who's who's could be the next Ryan Johnson and and let them tell an X-File story, and that's going to be very exciting. And what's kind of interesting in in how this new season came about, again, you know, I keep mentioning it, but there's only six episodes. So you may not, he may not have felt comfortable taking that risk of like, okay, well, I know I've got a writer's room of old writers who, who I understand, who I trust, who know this material who I'm gonna bring back, and everybody wants to see brought back. But if he had thirteen episodes, maybe we could see those specific X-File stories. So like if they do come back, maybe it would really benefit them to have a longer season again.
0: Yeah, though I would I would bet a significantly large amount of money that there if, if season eleven happens, it would never be longer than six episodes. It be, yeah. it because uh, one thing that Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny have been pretty clear about is that they really liked doing six episodes. I think nine yeah. episodes of doing 22 to 25 episodes each, uh, nine seasons of doing that uh, has left them with a little bit of PTSD.
1: Well, maybe, and again, this this is going to be tough for broadcast TV because it just doesn't really happen, but maybe they could find something in the new model of green lighting multiple seasons at a time. So it's like, okay, we know they're going to have two more seasons, so we can spend some time and take a risk on, on so-and-so with this episode or that episode, even if you're going to only have 12 over two years. Um, but I think the I think what's interesting about the X Files, especially as it exists today, and looking back on what it was, it was so fun watching those new voices find themselves on the show, and it would be really fun to have that happen again. You know, maybe we just need a new show in which this can this can occur, this kind of. Just great storytelling that has a lot of different avenues, but but holds together as a, as a whole. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just getting greedy. Maybe I mean, there's there's X Files back, Liz. I don't know what to think anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, a year ago, this was not a conversation we could have ever anticipated having. We we had we at literally at this time last year, twelve months ago, we had brief we had increasingly lar- increasingly louder rumors that the show would be coming back, but we had no. Proof of what we had no proof. We just had the fact that some people had made some comments at the beginning of January, and then it was it wasn't until March even that they got the green light, uh, and and then they were had to shoot by the beginning of June. So there was actually when you think about it, it was a pretty tight commitment. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about the fact about this new season is, you know, X Files. I, I learned to identify writers, but this ep- this season they're not pairing writers with other directors. It's all very Oturi uh which is going to be fantastic come next week when Darren Morgan gets his t- uh, turn at the bat or turn it how do you say the sport thing
1: I mean uh, yeah I mean his his time at the yeah turn turn at the bat I guess I Turned, don't know a
0: turn at bat turn at his bat. Time, on, no, time
1: at the plate I'm, at Now the plate. I'm confused okay that's not right either
0: uh we'll figure it out at some Sports-ing. point sports thing sports thing uh very relevant to this conversation about the exiles uh but yeah but the point is it's a notorious approach that does reflect something of a modern sensibility it does and it it does mean that we have a really clear understanding of okay the reason this episode is different from this episode is because it was written and directed by someone else entirely and this is a thing about television that we understand very well today but was a pretty bizarre foreign concept before before the X-Files like You know, you had even with like something like Twin Peaks, you have David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch was working in collaboration with Mark Frost on that show. That show is as much probably, actually, probably more Mark Frost's than David Lynch's, given that David Lynch left halfway through the the production of Twin Peaks.
1: It's very true. Um,
0: But I mean, I guess the thing is like Chris Carter is letting these three other writer directors play in his sandbox, but he's doing the other three episodes this season which does mean that the over, the season as a whole probably will feel on a auteur level, which is a word to throw that's weird to throw around with television, but on an auteur level, it does feel like this is really Chris Carter's baby at this point. And like two, two of the, two of the three remaining episodes to screen for critics are both written and directed by him. And I'm what, what I think is going to be the real test is going to be his standalone uh monster of the week episode because because that's, yeah. that's going to be the one because i i have this personal theory and this is i have no confirmation of this it's just my theory that uh my my personal pet theory is that chris carter has, has, has said he how many times have i said the word chris carter in the last 20 minutes i don't even want to think about it but mr carter has said in, has said that he was working on the script for a third X-Files movie. My personal th- pet theory is that uh, the episodes entitled My Struggle and My Struggle 2 are that movie just split in two. Which, but, and, like, you know, jiggered accordingly. But I feel like, I feel like the standalone co- conspiracy episode is going to feel like the one that's, like, a complete story told entirely by him in one episode. And maybe... Yeah. Maybe this one won't feel weird.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, well, that's that's going to be the last episode anyway. So it's going to, or no, not that one, but the, the the second part to my struggle will be the last episode anyway. And yeah, I mean, that's going to be the last taste that we have. That's going to be the final X Files until we know that there's going to be more. So it's there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on that, no matter what. Um, but but. I don't know. I I feel like your theory is sound. I mean, again, I don't know either. Nobody's confirmed Look, or denied it. I'm out there
0: it. on a limb with a crazy theory, and I just need you to get some science to support me on this.
1: Hey, it's not that. It's not that crazy, Mulder. It's <laughs> it could work. I've seen it with my own eyes, and now I can believe. Um, no, those
0: aren't things Scully says.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, I had to go, but I have seen it with my own eyes, and I do believe in that theory. And it's especially because I feel like there is a connective tissue so far to these two episodes that looks like it's going to be carried out throughout the season which relates to kind of Mulder and Sully's son uh, that's out there somewhere that they don't know about and they're having regrets about and and we never know who like how that son came about or whatever and we may not know that either I've given up I've given
0: up on ever finding out
1: oh Liz pushed this hard and you'll see that in an interview at some point you'll see her discussion with Chris Carter she pushed that theory as hard as she could I didn't which honestly I, I, I was
0: gentle I was gentle
1: but no, you. well, yeah, I'm not saying you went over the line, Liz. I'm saying that you asked the questions that needed to be asked and you didn't, like, kind of try to soften it or dodge around it. You asked it bluntly. He gave you a blunt answer. We still don't know. But I also – I His blunt answer was
0: I'm not answering that question.
1: <laughs> well, no, I know. But I kind of have a hope that because of the way he answered these that he's got it in mind, if not for this season, which is, I think is a very – high possibility, then down the line he wants to reveal this. It's not something that he just hasn't thought about. I think it's something that he's thought about and will give us an answer to. He's just not gonna do it in an interview.
0: Well fine. Be that way, Chris Carter.
1: Gotta do. Gotta do what he's gotta do.
0: He's, carter got a carter got a carter. Carter, carter. And I mean, yeah, the thing is I think I mean I, I have I remain incredibly optimistic for this show. I remain incredibly optimistic that the the remaining episodes are fantastic that they really do build to something like i have wanted to believe god help me that's what happens when you watch that episode four times by the way just yeah me too have you have you seen it four times now
1: yeah i watched it last night again
0: oh ben
1: (laughs) (laughs) i enjoy it get off me like it's not good but like if Mulder and skull are on screen i kind of want to Check it out. Plus, there's only... I mean, it goes back to to what we've been talking about this whole time. Like, there's something about just knowing that Mulder and Scully are back on TV. You have to watch it on TV. Like, you have to... It's appointment television. It is an event. You know, these networks and these, these companies throw around the term event series like it's nothing. And this is truly an event. I want to watch this as it's happening on TV. Like, I'm going to watch the screeners if they give them to me early but I'm also going to sit down and make sure that I check it out because it, it just feels right. You know, like it just, it has that nostalgic kick to it where it's like, this is how it's meant to be seen, especially for, if not the first time, then, then, you know, with everyone. So I want to be a part of that.
0: Uh, I think it was, it was actually really funny because I was watching everyone freak out last night on Twitter uh, after the game ended, after the football game ended and they were just like, everyone's just like, stop talking about football, play X-Files. And, that was it, it just brought back so many memories of watching the super bowl episode of the x files like yeah. back in season four and i i think i had never even really processed that post-game things happened like i would watch a football game and it would be over and i'd be done with it uh but so i've never been so angry at sports commentators in my life and it was nice to i i didn't have those feelings this time uh because I, I wasn't able to watch live, uh, but I definitely was watching everyone else, watching the other people have these problems and be like, "Oh, I know, I, I know exactly where you guys are coming from."
1: Well, it brought up like a very—it brought up the biggest question that I had, and I haven't seen anybody actually be able to get an answer to it so far today. But if you watch those, like just a regular football game, if it's just a regular season football game usually as soon as it ends, they'll cut away. Like If they're trying to make a deadline for a show and get things on the air at a certain time, they'll cut away. They don't have postgame. They just go straight to it. But because this was a championship game, I'm wondering if there was some sort of contract with the NFL where it's like you have to give us you know, 10 minutes of postgame. You have to give us analysis for X number of minutes before you cut away to whatever programming you have scheduled because there's no way that Fox... Didn't want to immediately launch into the X Files after that blowout of a game because they're losing viewers by the second. You know, as Carolina's racking up points, they're losing viewers. So they want to get to that X Files episode as soon as they could. They probably would have cut off the whole fourth quarter if they could have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm curious about that stance. But yeah, it was, I mean, <laughs> you had to watch so much bad football for so long to get to that first X Files episode. That would have been torture.
0: Yeah. Uh, how, I mean, no, it felt, wasn't it like 20 minutes of post-game footage, uh, post-game stuff?
1: It was much longer than I thought it was going to be.
0: Ugh. Very... Television.
1: Well, that, yeah, live broadcast television. This yeah, is the world we still it, live
0: in. It still apparently happens. Uh, yeah. I miss it. It's nice. It, it was a nice feeling. Feels. It, yeah. it, I, I'm glad everyone had that last night. Um, I don't know.
1: I, I, if. I mean, I'm sorry if you.
0: you, you, I'm sorry sorry if you. You you of course deserved a better football game.
1: Well, no, I I was just going to say that I think the X Files fans deserve to see it as soon as. They were promised like that. Eighteen minutes of waiting or whatever is just ridiculous. Because imagining you sitting there waiting for eighteen minutes, having not seen this, I think you would have lost your mind.
0: Probably. I would have all, lost my mind. Also, by the way, uh, that screwed up a lot of DVRs, and I'm seeing a lot of people talk about how they are they they need a rerun because they miss they they didn't get it all on uh, recorded.
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily it's online, but it's still not the same. So not the
0: same. Ah well, I mean. The thing is Ben beyond the x files what's the best thing you watched last week
1: what's beyond the x files i don't even understand the question
0: you're right i mean the thing we're we're, we're that, that's true and that, that that will always be true technically but so you're
1: you're asking me to to step back to the world where there wasn't where there wasn't new X-Files episodes airing and and kind of like when the leftovers was on and all I talked about was the leftovers you want me to like you want me to find a new show to talk about? There's other shows
0: happening right now. Well, either that or you have to have a, a, a concise a complete answer as to uh, whether or not uh, we can forgive Chris Carter for, mm-hmm. for 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 that first episode in the weeks to come.
1: I would say we can forgive him, but that I would want to. I, I can't be concise about it. It would go. It would go so much longer. Um, so I, I'd say you're asking me the best thing I've seen other than the X Files. Is that yes, what we're getting at? That's what we're getting all right. at. God, all right, I'll try. Let me try to think of something that didn't have Mulder in it. Didn't have Scully in it. I. I think it would be Angie Tribeca if I had to pick one. I okay. think it would be um, kind of almost as far from the X Files as you can get in that it is a TBS half-hour comedy starring Rashida Jones. It's absurdist humor. Uh, So much stuff gets thrown at the wall. And honestly, I read a lot of reviews that were saying it's very hit or miss. And when I think of something that's very hit or miss, I think of really big misses that kind of drag the show down. And I really didn't feel that way with Andy Tribeca. Like, there wasn't anything that I saw that made me feel like the show was a slog all of a sudden or that I was just waiting for that, that dead bit of humor to get over um there's definitely a lot in there but i feel like all of it works in the tone that they're trying to establish even if all of it doesn't necessarily make you laugh out loud uh but yeah rashida jones is great um the rest of the cast the supporting players are great they've brought in some really good guests uh so yeah i i am very excited for season two which premieres tonight monday night uh after they aired all 10 episodes right 10 episodes of season one and they did that in a 25-hour marathon, and they've shown it a bunch of times, and it's online and all that. So you can definitely catch up if you want to catch up. But it's also something, uh, as Liz has mentioned before, that you can kind of just pop into and enjoy. And, uh, and yeah, it's very funny. It's got cops in it, so there's kind of a connection to the X-Files there. They do solve uh, crime.
0: Exactly. Or, or yeah, they I, attempt I, to and don't do a great job of it.
1: They do fine, but, yeah, that's also true. But, yeah, <laughs> that, would, that would probably be my pick. Angie Tribeca on TBS uh, very good stuff. I'm going to try to get something written about it tomorrow, too.
0: Hooray.
1: Liz, what about you? What's the best non-alien uh, abduction-themed show you've seen of late?
0: I'm glad you put it like that and not the as what's the best Fox drama that soon is getting a revival on uh, television. Uh, because I sat down last night kind of on a whim. I've been meaning to do it for a little while, but I've been wanting to rewatch pr- the Prison Break, Break pilot Oh my it. god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is
1: coming. You did warn me. I should have I should have been prepared.
0: Yep, But Oh, Prison Break. Prison Break if you did not watch it in the year the years that it aired, I believe it was 95 was it, it not 95. 2005 was when it premiered. Uh was a bizarre little drama action drama about uh, you know, Wentworth Miller goes to prison to break out his brother. Through a insane, insanely complicated tattoo all over his body, and there's like government conspiracies, and uh, there's uh, all this prison hijinks. Like it's like if you really liked uh, the all the non alien stuff of the X Files, and you also really like the Shawshank Redemption. It's kind of that, and it's it's as bonkers as I remember. uh, And I'm looking forward to casually watching it over the next few weeks and torturing Ben with plot details
1: well honestly the thing is i i really enjoyed i think i kind of have the consensus reaction to it and that i really enjoyed the first season and some of the second season and then i just kind of gave up on it by season three and four um
0: oh i did that too
1: but uh i never thought of it as being that bonkers the conspiracy stuff yeah that got a little that got a little out there but for me, I latched on to the I mean the romance obviously, and the, uh, the actual escape portion of it, and that really held together well for me in the first season. Um, so I have a lot of respect for that. I'll be interested to see what they do with it when it comes back. Um, but yeah, I'm also very excited to get little reminders of it over the next you know week or so, like Liz said as she uh, as you text me or or uh, chat me
0: yeah I, I, I use the I to send you the really pertinent stuff. Exactly. Uh, the stuff I
1: can't wait anymore. You know, any yeah. more time to uh, to reflect upon.
0: Why well, should say? I should clarify. I am is for casual, crazy pants stuff. Texting is for when it gets really crazy pants, and <laughs> I need you to see it right away. Yeah, when um, all
1: caps isn't sufficient, and wow. I am all caps is sufficient via text.
0: Yes, that is true. Um, I expect I expect at least one more instance of that before the X Files is done this season.
1: Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have. I think we'll have a lot of. We should probably just turn that into a story
0: yes just uh yeah it was actually fun because we managed to basically watch uh the, the tonight's episode together at the same time which doesn't happen too often usually one of us oh. is watching we, we don't watch a lot of stuff simultaneously uh yeah. that that we should try to sync up in that regard in future times uh but Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to
1: uh the next thing i'm looking forward <laughs> to other than the x-files episode three is um <laughs> a show on NBC called You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Ah. I've I've seen a little bit of it already, and I very much enjoy it. It premieres on Thursday. It's got a very good cast. It's got uh, Rob Lowe, who I believe we've mentioned once or twice on this podcast. He's come up. Uh, Jenna Fisher's in there. Uh, Megan Mullally's in there. I mean, there's a lot of good people. Um, and it actually holds together pretty well. It's kind of like a... It's an hour-long dramedy, I guess. It's more of like a like a post-apocalyptic comedy that's an hour long. Um, but it, it actually has like some, it, it seems to know its tone very well. Uh, it's structured in a way that, that kind of keeps it moving at a decent clip without speeding past anything. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I very much enjoy the show. I like the characters that they've established early on uh, and I'm excited to see more of it.
0: Awesome. I mean, yeah, I, that's one I'm actually looking forward to checking out as well. I just haven't gotten to it yet but and, but I trust Ben sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes. V- vaguely. Not always.
0: I don't agree with you. I just trust you.
1: Yeah, which is a weird balance, but it, you got to make it work. You got to um, make it work. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's NBC Thursdays, but Liz, tell us something else you're looking forward to uh, that's coming out soon.
0: Okay. I apologize for this. Uh-oh. But I'm going to go with legends of tomorrow and I'm going to explain oh why. <laughs> I'm going to explain why. All right, okay? folks. <laughs> then then quit the podcast never to be heard from again no i i think i've been thinking a lot about legends of tomorrow and ben is actually uh ben okay i'm here i'm still on okay good point is legends of tomorrow here's the reason why i've been thinking about it more and more and it 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 sounds the show is going to become increasingly messy and uh show's gonna become increasingly messy over the next uh few weeks i'm pretty sure and i just want to see if if it falls apart i don't want it to fall apart i want the show to last multiple seasons but i can't, i'm very excited to see where things go after the pilot of two-parter which will conclude this thursday and so i'm look that means i have to wait for future episodes but i'm very excited
1: listeners i try to make a point to watch most things that liz recommends to me because i mean there is that weird trust but don't agree with balance going on here. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Legends of Tomorrow. I'm just going to be frank. They I don't travel think I
0: through time to This stop. is not a
1: draw for me. Oh
0: my gosh. Ben, I mean, it's, I, it's I love the movie
1: About Time. I don't feel like this is going to be like About Time.
0: It's about It's got DC superheroes. You love DC superheroes.
1: I do love DC superheroes. Most of their on-screen adaptations that aren't helmed by Christopher Nolan are terrible, so I try to avoid them.
0: What if Benjamin McKenzie made an oh,
1: appearance just. is he playing Commissioner Gordon like it's a crossover
0: maybe it could happen
1: I might watch that I might yeah I might watch that okay
0: I'll keep you posted. I present. do like Ben McKenzie all right so if I tell you to watch are they it, gonna
1: do are they gonna do like a giant CW uh, DC like Arrow Flash Legends of Tomorrow
0: it already thing? happened technically and they're just keeping it going all, okay. oh you're right that's right all, I forgot all the started. characters save one were introduced on either the flash or arrow
1: right and i forgot about that
0: how could you forget that it's one of the best parts of it
1: well, well you know you know Liz, there's a lot of tv and sometimes things get past me but yeah uh,
0: this, these are important things to know about though which, I'm right. not, which is place. why i'm glad we've, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast telling you about them exactly. uh
1: hit x-files And Legends of Tomorrow, I think we've done our due diligence this
0: week. Yes, we've really emphasized high-quality television that represents the very best of the medium. And you can find more of us talking about television at indieware.com where there are reviews, interviews, features, etc., everything you like, uh, and then skip the stuff you don't, which probably isn't about Legends of Tomorrow, but that's all right, I understand.
1: Yeah, don't break Liz's heart. Read her Legends of Tomorrow analysis because it'll be fun. I can guarantee that. Reading her words about legend of tomorrow is way more fun than i imagine the show actually is um How but if you, you want no, go ahead liz no, go, Say uh, piece.
0: no I'm, I'm good good go <laughs> <laughs> well
1: if you want to if you want to talk about uh, or hear people talk about things that aren't legend of tomorrow or the x-files most likely uh i mean ann and eric could cover that stuff but i don't know if they're going to take time off from sundance to do as do as much uh, make sure you listen to Screen Talk with, as mentioned, Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, our wonderful IndieWire people on the film side. Uh, they are at Sundance right now. They are seeing everything and talking to everyone. Uh, so now is a great time to really dig into that podcast. And then uh, Dana Harris, our editor-in-chief, is doing the same thing on IndieWire Influencers. She's out there. She's on the ground. She's going to find the people who you may overlook, but you cannot afford to and and really get into it with them. So both of those podcasts are must listens.
0: Yes. Uh, And you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. That's a must follow.
1: And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet with an I and an E, uh, automatic follow as well.
0: Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week talking probably a little bit about the X Files, but we'll try to talk about other things as well. We promise. And, and the before
1: means- we sign off, though, I do want to say something really quickly. I agreed with you that this first one was a C plus that first ep- X Files episode. I am really into the second one. You I really are really liked it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, my hopes have skyrocketed for episode three. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted that on the record. Okay. Oh, and sorry. I forgot my promise. My mother did text back to me a response oh. about the X Files. Uh, it was that she's not sure she wasn't taken away by it. Um, my dad hasn't chimed in yet. He doesn't. He doesn't voice his opinions as, as quickly. Um, she said the alien stories already seemed a little too convoluted and contradictory. Um, but she loves seeing the actors as everyone does. So, uh, so yeah. She also has questions about the kid, Liz. So feel free to dig into that.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. Mom approved though. That's what that's what we're looking for in our television.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know uh, you guys were all waiting on pins and needles to hear back from Ann Travers. No, I, I
0: came out uh, a little sarcastic, but I was actually very cur- curious about what Ann Travers had to say. She's uh, a great
1: lady. Sharp mind.
0: Great lady. Uh, and like all of us, I bet she will keep watching television.